Welcome to the show. Great to be with you. Paul George, the world famous Deacon Adam Kong, El Presidente. <laughs> I don't know what world that is. Maybe Neptune. I mean, it's a small world you live in. You know? Ah, okay. So in, in that world. Oh, you, for sure. You're my, world famous. My kids really know me. <laughs> and yeah. my wife. Yeah, what's going on, man? You know, I'm, I'm just happy that we made it to September. I can I can feel the relief from the heat and the rain coming. Although yesterday was like 100 degrees. It was like 4,000. <laughs> 4 million, 100 degrees. We're actually recording on September 1st. Yeah. It's a great day. Yeah, it was funny. I mean, people were complaining about the heat for a while. Then it starts raining and doesn't stop raining, but it's not hot. Right. And then the one day it doesn't rain after like a month, we're all like, man, it's so hot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing about hitting September is like there's light at the end of the tunnel for us. You know, I was talking about on the last show last week how I was in Wyoming. And August there is like our November. Like it's just beautiful. It's cool. And it and it's great weather. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not there yet. Yeah. We're months behind, but we're coming. But there January, we we I'm sure it's rough. Yeah, I'm sure it's rough. So anyway, welcome everyone to the show. Um, thanks for being a part of the show on the podcast or on radio, KLFT Radio. So we're on Spotify, iTunes, or however you're listening to the show. We're super glad you're a part of the show. We're at like show 200 and like... 12. 12. Yeah. It's a good 200 number. 200 plus a dozen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the great thing about fall is that it cooler weather, football, like sport, like... Family mm-hmm. stuff, you know, Thanksgiving, you know, all, all these things. Like, summer's sort of this grind. And so, like, fall is, like, good for everyone. I think we're all in a good mood. We hit, like, the seasons of Advent and, looking and forward Christmas. To it. I know yeah. I'm, I'm, like, way ahead of schedule. But <laughs> I, I think ahead a lot, so there, there's hope in the future. It, it's beautiful. It you is know. beautiful. Um, we celebrate some, some really cool saints this week. Yeah. Um, every week we yeah, do. It's a great I mean, not time. to discount like some, <laughs> <laughs> not to discount some radical folks, but uh, yeah, yeah. I do feel bad about that sometimes, like those saints that we never talk about, but they don't mind. They love it when we focus on Jesus or Mary or other people because right. they're, they're holy. Yeah. But I mean, come on, they're saints. They're canonized saints. <laughs> yeah, they're, it's a big deal. They've kind of done some hard things that I haven't done. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Or. May never. I don't know. So, anyway, welcome to the show. I'm wondering if you have a have you seen. What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real, though? I had a feeling you would ask me about this. You did? Yeah. Okay. Okay, so have you seen um, the monkey who called the police? No. (laughs) Is this real? Yeah, it's real. So, in... um, Now, you know there's, like, some people who believe that animals are smarter than humans. Yes. Okay. Some people do believe that. Okay. Um, but this was in San Luis Abis- Abispo, Abispo, okay. Abispo County, uh, which I don't know where that is. Is I this guess. America? It's America. Okay. I guess it's in California. It sounds right. like San Luis Obispo would be okay, California. Okay, gotcha. Um, but anyway, they, they get a call from 911. 911 gets a call. Uh, no one's talking, so like... You know, their procedure is they trace the call, then they mm-hmm. go send a, a squad. And they found this uh, little monkey playing with a phone. Um, oh, it is a California zoo. Yeah. Uh, 
he had got a hold of of someone's phone, a visitor's phone. Yeah. So like he looked into someone's purse, right? Who was just at the zoo, and he like got out or I don't know, picked up the phone, ran with it, and then was calling nine one one. He <laughs> nice. called nine one one from his sanctuary. I don't know. I love it. So it took them a while to figure this out, but uh, if you look at the monkey, he does look like a really what they call cheeky monkey. Cheeky. Cheeky monkey. Yeah. Is he like what we would call in Louisiana Kanai? Like a yes, little Kanai okay. monkey. In fact, he reminds me a lot of my five-year-old Joseph. As I look at him, it's like Kanai is like mischievous. Yeah, like, he's ready to do something. I don't know if that's a French word or not. Yeah, it is. Okay, Kanai. I mean, we used it growing up, so Kanai is like, yeah, mischievous, mischievous but like, not like bad, right? If someone's Kanai, they're not like a. It's not like right, like saying they're evil like Dennis or the Menace, right? The little kid who was just always into things, good so, heart, but just gets in trouble. Totally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was like Dennis the Menace of Monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> right. I love that. Yep. And uh, and before you – so they investigated it. So it wasn't – some phones have this, like, emergency call feature where there's a button that, you know, start playing with it when it's locked. Yeah. This is actually a pretty simple phone. The monkey literally dialed 911 send. That's the wildest thing because they looked into it. 911 you know, I mean, call. monkeys are – they're smart animals, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you do, you know, research on like apes and like that whole line. Like they're they're smart animals. They have a brain. They, they, like you would think, like okay, maybe they sit nine one one. But like if you follow like a phone screen, it just makes sense that you would hit that button. Yeah. Right, that send button or that call button. Like I bet that monkey in that, that mind big is green like, one. Boom. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know what the conversation was like. Yeah. I mean, it could be he was trying to escape. Like they have me captured here. <laughs> <laughs> Please help. Please help. So have know. you ever in your life had to do a difficult thing of actually calling 911? Have you ever had to do that? Yes. I've called 911 a few times. It's a weird feeling, mm-hmm. you know, because you don't like when you call 911, it's not like, oh, I don't have anything else to do right now or I don't know what to Like it is a. It's a definite, like, I need to do this, and it's a weird feeling because you're like, you can't take that call back. Does that make right. sense? Like, you, you can't be like, You've ooh. You put something in motion. Yeah. yeah, you put it in motion and be like, oh, I accidentally called 911. No, I called 911. Why'd you call 911? And then you got to answer for it. And then you're on the hook till it resolves, right? Like, you have a role to play now in this situation. Yeah, so yeah. You're, you're in it. So, Well, there's a few. I think the most serious... Um, I was driving, and a car in front of me pulls over, and a man and a woman get out, and they literally start fist fighting. Hmm. Wow. He's hitting her. She's hitting him. Okay. Yeah, I don't think in the car, like, look, we're not going to do this in here. We're going <laughs> to <Yeah>. pull over <laughs> and settle it. So he hits her, like, hits her he a hits, few times. He hits the woman. Gets back in his car and starts driving off, leaving her on the side of the road. Wow. So I rolled down my window and asked her if she was okay. Call nine one one, and then I follow him a bit until the cops wow. get him. Yeah, that's that's a hard thing to do, man. Like that's not an easy action because, you know, you could have said like, "This is none of my business. Let me mm-hmm. move on. Someone else will take care of it." You know, like we often have those thoughts in our mind, like someone else will do it or see the see this, and I'm just going to move on. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I I guess. When those moments happen, and you're right, there's a certain urgency to a moment like that where your instincts kind of kick in and nothing else matters really. You're just like, all right, I have to, I have a responsibility here right. that I need to fulfill. Um, 
I don't know if the guy saw me following him. Would he get out and start beating me? I don't know. Uh, looking back, I could think about that. But at the time, that's, that wasn't on my mind. What was on my mind was what needs to happen. Yeah. And I need to do it. Uh, and then in hindsight, I guess you reflect. Yeah, I mean, I call 911, lock my doors. But I kind of always make sure, like, in my truck, I have something in there. I'm not going to say specific. To defend <laughs> myself. Yeah. Like, just in case. Like, because if I have to make a hard call, right? And I and I feel my conscience is saying like I need to stay by this woman, or follow this man before something dangerous happens. And mm-hmm. then the incident then turns on me, but I'm trying to do the right thing, right? Yeah. In the in the in the moment, then I have to defend myself. And you're just like, oh, I never wanted to be in this situation, but right. now I am, you know? Yeah. Well, and th- there's a certain obligation that we have to each other as humans that kicks into gear in a situation like that but particularly as men i would say because i mean the, if these were two dudes fighting i wouldn't have done that yeah you're just like look y'all settle it you know unless there was a weapon pool i might have called like the that. cops but i wouldn't like follow the guy right you know yeah ex- unless there's a weapon right hey but guys be- i want to just watch y'all fight i'm gonna call the cops right right but seeing a woman be abused like that that's there was, horrible there was a a masculine part of me that yeah I had an obligation to that woman. It wasn't my wife. It wasn't mm-hmm. my daughter, but it was somebody's daughter. Right. And it was somebody's sister and probably that man's wife or close to it. hundred percent. So I, I had to as a man, you know? Yeah. I've had a couple of similar situations like that where, you know, you have to make a, a call in a moment to 911. Cause once you make that call, it's like, I've just made the call and I need to follow through and explain what the situation is. And then like, is my obligation to kind of stay or, do I just leave? Whatever. So you, you kind of go through all these streams of like your conscience flowing. What's the right, virtuous, godly, all these things, you know. There's one thing that we know about like people who became saints is that they did the hard things in the moments, right? They, they chose to, instead of choosing comfort, they chose difficulty or the hard things, which is, which is actually the good thing oftentimes mm-hmm. is to face whatever is difficult in the, in the time because we're, we're built and made to face hard things and do hard things through whatever, you know, grace that God gives us to do that. Right. Our, our tendency oftentimes as humans, our concupiscence, you could say like our, our fallen nature would, would ease towards comfort. I'd rather not do the hard thing. I'd rather choose comfort over the hard thing. And yet we're made more, in God's image, we we're refined more. We're become more who we're called to be, more holy, more more virtuous by facing the hard things, right? And this is like the the difficulty. Yeah. You know? Well, what you're bringing up, I mean, is is exactly why the church in two thousand years of experience has warned us of the danger of comfort and encouraged us to do acts of penance. It's not just in reparation for our sins, although that's part of it, right? Like we want to do reparation for our sins and the sins of the world. That's one of the reasons we do penance. But another, maybe even more important reason, is that we want to be people who aren't comfortable. Right. Because the comfort and the the attachment to that comfort literally destroys us. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, exactly. And if you don't want to be comfortable, don't listen to the gospel this Sunday. We'll get to it on the show. But... It will make you uncomfortable, mm. and and this is this is the reality of being a godly person, of following Christ. Is that this is not about comfort, this is about moving towards becoming who we're fully 
called to be. And that's where we become fully human, the best version of ourselves or whatever you, terms you want to use, right? Mm-hmm. Like we don't become that by being lazy, sitting on the couch, doing soft things, becoming soft people. Uh, and But that's our tendency. Like there are times like I got to go to work and just do hard things that day that I don't want to do, right? You as well. And then I got to go home and do hard things there too, right? Like mm-hmm. cook dinners and kids to bed or have tough conversations or just not get a lot of rest. And But if if we understand that in those hard, tough things, like God's present and is making us come alive and, and building us into the person that we're called, that's when we're like, man, this is awesome. Like the hard things are actually what I want to do today. I know that sounds crazy. No, no, I think you're bit. touching on something super important that the saints discovered, which is everyday life is where our focus should be. Not like I, if I'm imagining a scenario where one day I'm going to be asked to do this heroic thing and I'm going to do it and everybody's going to love me and they're going to put me on the evening news and clap their hands when I'm around. Like if that's what I'm living my life for and imagining, Mm -hmm. um, okay, maybe, but the reality is every day there's opportunities, like you're saying, to do something difficult and the angels and the saints and God sees that and they clap for me and they, they, he rewards me with grace. He rewards me with holiness. He rewards me with blessings. Every day I have the opportunity to do something heroic just by getting up in the morning on time. Right. You know how many saints have said that is the hardest thing? That, that's <laughs> interesting that you even mentioned it because when my alarm went off this morning, I'm trying to be very consistent in waking up on time, which is, mm-hmm. which is a discipline, and having prayer time before all the chaos hits, right? Like getting ready for school and work and getting people off. And I literally said this morning when the alarm went off, it's like, okay, do the hard thing right now. That's right. Because you'll be glad at the end result, right? And I don't always do that. Like if you were to sum it all up and say, what what is confession and why does Paul or Adam have to go to reconciliation is the moments in my life where I chose not to do the hard thing. Right. Right. Yeah. When I when I chose to like turn away from the hard thing, do the lazy thing and like just sit in my own comfort. That's where I, I begin to like sin, even if it's a sin of omission. Right. Mm-hmm. Even if like that's where I become, you know, th- that's my confession. Like, you know, like, what does Paul go to confession about <laughs> when I choose not to do the hard things in well, life? Have you ever I'm sure you have some asking. This is a. I know I know the answer to this, but have you ever spent time with a very manly man, like let's say an afternoon? Mm-hmm. When you're around somebody like that, somehow you become absorbed into their world, and you have to go along with it. Like yeah. maybe they're gonna pick up some wood. Let's chop some wood. Or, and, and you're just like, let's okay. go get the horses. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> like I've never done this, but somehow yeah. you get you get roped in, you get absorbed. Jesus is a man like that. And when men were around Jesus, when men are around Jesus today, because he's not dead, by the way, he's alive. When we're around Jesus, he's a man just like that, where if we're going to follow him, if we're going to stay close to him, he's going to absorb us into the hard things. He's going to absorb, he's going to, to follow him, he's leading us into those types of works. Um, Today's gospel this morning was that he was preaching on Peter's boat, and he said, let's go out into the deep. You know, well, I'm a fisherman, but you're telling me to do this crazy thing, but we'll do it, right? And then the the miracle of catching the fish, then Peter leaves everything and follows Jesus. So to follow Jesus like that, we get absorbed into his world, yeah. which is a gritty world. Yeah. 
You know, it's crazy because like my mind's like swirling right now as we're having this conversation. Is like sometimes the hard thing is doing something that's good for you that you don't want to do, but it's not always like a rough thing. For example, I have a hard time sometimes resting. Yeah, like letting rest, my yeah. body rest and and the mind yeah. and and enjoy the moment in life. And so, mm-hmm. like sometimes for me, like the hard thing is like, oh, let me linger at the table with my family instead of like getting up and going to the next thing and like always constantly grinding and working. Like sometimes the hard thing for me is to have joy in the moment and to, mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. we, it's not always like this physical work sometimes the hard thing is this emotional work or this enjoying or, or resting or, you know, it's hard for me to rest on Sundays. I, that's a hard thing. Like I need to obey the Sabbath and let God breathe life into me. So there's, there's all these things like going through my mind of like, yeah, like the hard things and not just the grind of work. A lot of hard things is like things that are actually good for us and, yeah. and like life giving for us. Well, the hard part is that it takes all of me. So anything that takes all of me, well, first of all, Jesus wants all of me. All of me. All of me. Is all of you. Nice. You like when I go into a song? I do, man. It's, <laughs> it's a side of you that I love. Um, and I, I know no titles of songs, but like sometimes <laughs> they just pop into my head. Jesus gives all of himself. And in fact, all every one of us would be completely offended if Jesus slept on the job, even for one day, right? Right. Heck, even for one hour. If we went to Jesus and he was like, mm. oh, I'm kind of not into it right now, mm. That's <laughs> we, true. we would be devastated. Like right. our life would be over. Yeah. Um, because for some reason in this equation, we it just makes sense to us. Oh, yeah, well, Jesus is Jesus. So, of course, he's going to give me his whole heart, mm. his whole body, his whole mind, his whole soul, like everything about him. He's worried about me. That makes sense to me. Right? Right. <laughs> and I would be offended if I went to him and it was not the case. Well, mm. how can we expect to do anything different with us? towards him Hmm. but all those activities you mentioned resting time with my family they require all of me and Hmm. that's why they're hard because i have to give my whole mind body and soul to this thing that jesus is calling me to do and Hmm. sometimes it looks like rest sometimes it looks like hard work but it takes all of me but how can i expect anything less of myself right how can i look jesus in the face who gives himself to me all the time and expect anything less in return. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the goal, right? But that, that is what sin is. You mentioned that earlier. I mean, that's what we bring to confession. Because I am not Jesus. I am not perfect. But one day I will be, and that's the beauty of, of this relationship with him. One day I will be freed from all those limitations. And in heaven, I will love him the way he deserves. Hmm. Okay, that's good. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Healthcare that works better and costs less seems like an oxymoron, right? Take a minute and check out our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare. Members say that faith-based health sharing is a much better fit than insurance, all while costing less. Prices start at $384 a month for families. Call now to see how much you can save. 844-387-8533. That's 844-387-8533. Remember the 
21st of September. Welcome back to the show, Paul George, Deacon Adam. <laughs> that that song's in my mind. It's you, September 1st. You just inspired me. Do you so know much. that song? Oh yeah. I don't. Nobody knows the real words though. You know more words because I just. September. Yeah, I don't know that's what they're saying. Every wedding reception, <laughs> yeah. that song is played, and it's like the regardless best. Like, of the month. Could be May. We're playing that song. It could be May. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Yeah. Is, do you remember the twenty first of September? That's how it goes. No. Nah. Nah. Anyway. Yeah. Nice. Well, you inspire me, man. You just opened our segment with <clears throat> acapella singing. We got good vibes happening. You got grit, man. On the show, you know. Sometimes you have to face your fears and just just do it. Like you just did it. make it make it happen you know make it happen yeah it's interesting this week we celebrate some cool gritty saints uh, how would you like this title as a saint uh, saint gregory the great i mean how would you like the great to be after your name well saint deacon adam for Conk, the for the church the great. for the church to agree that's pretty good yeah you know like if uh if my family called me the great, that's one thing. But if the universal church, speaking for Christ, calls someone the great, yes, it's pretty rare and special, right? So he he, he was definitely a dude. I gotta tell you a funny story about that though. It actually, happened this morning. Okay. So, uh, I work at John Paul the Great Academy, right? The great John Paul the Great. So this morning, he's definitely my kid. This morning, someone saw my son who's going to John Paul the Great Academy, and they said, uh. It was at a men's Bible study we go to. They said, oh, how's John Paul? And, of course, my son responds, great. <laughs> He's already got dad jokes. <laughs> yeah. He, it, yeah, which you were world famous for. I guess so. Corny dad jokes. Great. But anyway, yeah, St. Gregory the Great. Uh, I mean, there's a ton really about great. him. I mean, Gregorian chant, the whole thing. But here's the thing. is like on our topic today, what, where he really kind of leans into this is that a lot of hard things, even things he didn't want to do. Like, he, like he became a, an abbot in a monastery and whatnot. And like his comfort wanted him to actually just stay there and do that, mm-hmm. right? Like that was just like where he wanted to felt most comfortable. And yet he got elected pope, and it was the hard thing for him to do that. And he didn't really want to, in a sense. Like he would rather had just stayed an abbot at the yeah. monastery. Yeah. Well, so not unlike our time, it was a time where a lot of renewal in the church needed to happen, yeah. and in religious life in particular. And he and cleaned some house. He was part of that renewal, and there was, so as abbot, he was getting to work all the time, because it is so much easier to go with the flow, or even better yet, to go with the flow, make a few adjustments so that you feel like you're doing good things, mm-hmm. but not actually dealing with the problems, <laughs> but right. you're like making a few adjustments to make people happier or whatever. That's so easy to do when you're in a position of leadership. But he was part of a movement in the church to to totally take back religious life, to take back um, the call to poverty, chastity, and obedience, to to really be gritty men. You know, yep. like he was part of that movement, and then he was called to be pope. It was almost like God prepared. Yeah, at age did. fifty, it says he was pope, and really just wanted to be an abbot. It says, but Gregory was direct and firm. So he, right. you know, he had this just real grit. He removed unworthy priests from office, forbade taking money from many services, emptied the papal treasury to ransom prisoners uh, and care for the persecuted Jews and the victims plagued from famine. So this guy like did really hard things with his with his mission that yeah. God was calling him to, right? Yeah. And he just he just 
did it. He just did it at a time where it was a lot harder to do things. Like if you want to do those same things right now, it's a lot easier because the communication's better, like all kinds of things. I mean, he just did these things when, when in time in the church, um, <clears throat> you could be misunderstood, you could be not liked. People were literally trying to kill popes back then. I'm sure it, ha- it might happen again these days, but like this was not an easy job as far as everyone's going to agree with me in the church, outside the church. You're risking your life by doing these hard reforms, reforms, you know? Now, a lot of musicians, like patron saint is Gregory, right? Mm. Uh, Gregorian chant is where that comes from. He did reform in the liturgy. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you read more about his life, I mean, that was one of the things he did, but he did a lot of really difficult things, right? To, To be gritty and like to face, you know, hardship. And he chose to do it for the church. Okay, but a lot of people really don't know a lot about Gregory because you think about other big saints. But it says this, called the great. Gregory has been given a place with, all right, check out this Mount Rushmore, (laughs) Augustine, Ambrose, and Jerome as one of the four key doctors of the Western Church. Yeah, it's pretty big. That's kind of a a big Mount Rushmore. Well, and most people list St. Gregory as the last church father. So mm-hmm. like he brought that era of the church um, to a close. He was, in other words, he was like the last dude. <laughs> like he was the last. I mean, are we like in a time though in history of the church where we need, you know, fathers, Aug- Augustines and Ambroses, Jeromes and Gregories, like these, these gritty fathers to lead? And I mean, we we're all called to that in our little domestic homes and churches mm-hmm. and locally, but I think even globally, like, like we need. I don't know, it's just, you know, and I know I'm looking back at history and being like, ah, it probably wasn't perfect in that time. Obviously, it was hard. Mm-hmm. And we, we look back at these great saints and be like, oh, they're doctors and were amazing fathers, and I'm sure they were. Uh, but, you know, today, when you're in the moment living, it's hard mm-hmm. to kind of always see, you know. Well, I think we tend to cancel people like that today. That's very true. In the church. I'm not talking about outside the church. The world's going to do what the world's going to do. I don't care. Yeah, but even in the church, they're like, oh, they're too radical and crazy. Yep. yep. Yeah, I don't, yeah, it's. Yep. It's well, true. I mean, poli- you know, I don't know. Getting along with each other has become uh, a priority mm-hmm. that it wasn't at that time. In fact, the, most people who would advocate for that kind of thing over truth or over what ought to be done uh, were tending towards heresy. Yeah, it's just interesting. <laughs> like, even with our, our, our current Pope Francis. He's a beautiful man. I mean, mm-hmm. so many people have canceled him. He, he'll say one thing, right. and they'd be like, I'm done with him. But like, wait, he said one thing you didn't agree with, and you just, I'm done with him? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we, we live in that day and time, and it's just really kind of crazy. Like, we have no mercy on people. That's right. And, and like, it's just like, yeah, we're just like automatically, like, w- what if that guy becomes a saint, and we just canceled him? That's right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, come on. So I think it, mercy is the right word. You're right. Um like Pope Francis is a great example too. I mean, can we disagree with what someone's doing and still love them? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And can we let history be the judge of major world events, like who is Pope and what they're doing? Yeah, we can. Mm. And we could let history let let Jesus and history judge people, <laughs> right? Right. But I could still disagree. It, you know, if I was Pope, I would do it different in X circumstance, or maybe not. But to love each other and have mercy on each other, uh, you know, th- this Pope Gregory the Great is a great example, a great example. But <laughs> he did a lot of things that upset the apple cart. Um, I mean, when he, 
when he uniformed the church's liturgical life, like like the music, let's say. I don't know if you know anything about musicians, but they tend to be very passionate people. Mm-hmm. He pro- passionate. He probably upset some people. Creative. <laughs> right? I'm sure he upset a lot of people. Yeah. and uh, But history being the judge, that was the right call. Hmm. Now, at the moment, it ticked people off. And there was probably some people who didn't like him as pope, but let history and Jesus judge, especially major offices. Hmm. Like... What hubris for me to say that this particular pope or bishop <laughs> is doing the wrong things. Um, but I, but what mercy and humility and love to say, you know, I disagree with that. I probably wouldn't do that, but I love him anyway. You know, and, and, and to be able to tell, there's also a certain grit of being able to tell people the truth. Right. Right. To be able to tell people the truth is important, um, but to love them even when we disagree. And that's what we've lost in today's church, I think. Not that we always had it. It's just, to me, that's the danger of why we don't see Gregory and why we might not see these these men or women that are willing to speak the truth, also willing to love people, also willing to make changes. Yep. We cancel those kind of people. Well, <clears throat> sometimes the hard thing to do is to love and have mercy. But if we don't stop, reflect, pray and let God lead us, our first reaction is just to judge someone and bring justice upon them without any mercy. Yep. And that's what happens. Yep. You know, we see group, you know, people who claim to be Christian or Catholic get on, you know, social media and just jump into these arguments. And, and I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if they just stepped back and prayed about this first. Is God leading this conversation? And that's not soft. That's like actually what Jesus would do. Like, because the the grittiness and the godliness pulls you back so that you can be firm and doing the right thing. And sometimes that's loving the unlovable. That's like really pressing into mercy and sacrifice. So yeah, I mean, it's just kind of a, a crazy, crazy time. Speaking of crazy, do you have a weird Catholic stuff? What? Yep. Bet I do. It's September. It's time to get crazy. It's really that time. It's kind of weird. I'm glad to be Catholic. That's weird stuff. Weird Catholic stuff. It's kind of hard to top last week's weird Catholic stuff. I don't know if you've gotten any feedback. I did. Uh, I, um, a guy in Texas <laughs> texted me. He's like, great show. Loved it. So if you didn't get to listen to the show last week, you can go on the podcast. However, he's like, you lost me at the lactation. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I didn't make it up. Yeah, It's just a weird it miracle. It is a weird Catholic stuff. Um, so so this, being that we can't top that, we're no. just we're going downhill from here. Well, I think this balances it out because uh, it's kind of a manly weird Catholic stuff. So the patron saint of Marksman. Marksman. Mm-hmm, I like that. Has an interesting story, and that's St. Gabriel Pocenti. Okay. Is that Italian? Yes. He's a religious brother. He was born Francesco Pocenti. Okay. All right. Um, but it's an interesting story because, and it's kind of weird, but... Okay. Before his conversion, um, and this was... Let's see. Oh, when was this? I can't find a date. Sounds like it was... Um, oh, there... No. Canonized in 1920, so... Sounds like it was 16, 1700s-ish. Okay. From the story, but okay. it doesn't have the date. All right. Anyway. Marksman. Marksman. Before his conversion, um, he was 
not the most masculine man. So okay. like he uh, he was known to be a fancy dresser. Oh. And a great dancer. Do you remember? Right. So he'd be on the dance floor, like decked out, just uh, partying at all the receptions, dancing to. Do you remember? Right. Yeah. He, he was also a bit of a uh, ladies' man, let's say. Okay. So he kind of played with women's heart. Playa. A playa. This is all before his conversion. Before his conversion. Um, for example, he was engaged to two girls at the same time. Whoa, that's impressive to pull that off. I don't think you could do that today in the social media time, mm-hmm. technology. I mean, I think it would all end up <laughs> that's right. getting out there. Yeah. Well, everything changed for him with one life-changing event. Uh, we had to do something really difficult. Huh. So much so that after that... You he, actually have me hooked right he, now he because went, I haven't heard of this guy. He went to the monastery after that and became a passionist monk, um, became Brother Gabriel. Um, and here's what happened. Okay. So <clears throat> he was uh, in town, and this, apparently a brother, somebody in a cassock, um, was being threatened by someone with a firearm. Okay. So this was, we're at least in the century where they have firearms. He um, was attacking a young girl. So kind of like we were talking about earlier. So he, this person with the firearm, he was attacking a young girl and kind of, he was making a scene and mm-hmm. like threatening people. All right. And Francesco was there. He was on the scene. And he's a party animal. He's a party he's animal. he's on the scene. Um, he's probably dressed really nice. Well, he, uh, just something came alive in him to respond. So he wrestles the gun away from the guy. Okay. Holds him at gunpoint and escorts him out of town um, at gunpoint. Wow. Yep. Does he shoot him? No. Okay. He just tells him, look, you're getting out of here. We're dealing with the situation. Walks him out of town. And for some reason, this experience of his of coming alive, just coming alive as a man, the, defending a girl. Yeah, uh, just doing the life, hard thing like this is risking like, his life, put his life in perspective, and he he ran to the monastery like immediately. So he broke off his engagement to both girls. Wow, <laughs> and um, I mean, gave away all he had. He had a, a nice dresser, I guess. He had money, and uh, and became a monk. So that's this is Saint Gabriel Posenti. Um. Yeah, this is awesome. I mean, and this is exactly you know we were even talking about this pre-show when we were hanging out is just in our own personal lives, right? But like we we're kind of having this conversation on the show is mm-hmm. when when we do really the hard thing, right? I, we come alive. Yeah, like we we begin to step into what we're created to do and be as a human because. We're following in the steps of, of Christ, and and the grace is there to like face the hard things, whether it's waking up on time and praying, or discipline to like take care of your family, or go to work, or you know call nine one one, or you know defend someone, or serve someone, or give your money, or feed someone, or whatever, like all those things, like and then pushing hard conversations, looking in the mirror and having a hard conversation, like doing the healing work in your own life, and all those things is when we begin to actually begin to come alive. And yeah. it's so cool that like this guy was not following God had, you know, was engaged to two women, was a party animal. And, you know, we probably, if it went into details, it would be probably horrific. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden he does this heroic act 
out of just his human nature, mm-hmm. which is created by God. Like God is in in the the very nature of who we are. Just just acts in the moment of virtue. Probably it came alive in him. It was like, I didn't know I could do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I could be that type of human. And then like like the grace begins to overflow and he just takes a hard right turn right and just follows God. Yeah. This this is it. Yeah, that's it. Um well apparently this experience helped him remember too. When he was sick as a child, he told God that if he would ever get better, he'd give his life to him. Mm-hmm. And this experience, he forgot about that promise because he did get better. Right. It drew his mind to that promise. Mm-hmm. And then that's what led him to the monastery. And get this, he died at the young age of 24 Dang. before he could be ordained a priest. He was hoping to be a missionary priest and yeah. be sent to missions. If he wouldn't have had that experience when he did, I mean, he had precious few years in the monastery following the Lord very closely. Mm. So if he and now have, he's a saint. And now he's a saint. So if he wouldn't have had that experience exactly when he did, he would have just lived his young life like everyone else, mm. um, not close to the Lord, not giving his life to the Lord. So right, interesting. Yeah, it's so cool. I love that story. It's crazy because the gospel reading for this Sunday, we approach this Sunday, which would be like September 4th, from the Gospel of Luke 14, 25 through 33, at the very end of that Gospel, I was reading, it, and at the very end, like Jesus just, you know, the true marksman that he is, slings an arrow of truth, right? Mm-hmm. It, I mean, all of it's true, but like there's certain like lines and verses, it's just like, man, I can't run from that. Right. And sort of like, you know, St. Gabriel or St. Gregory, we're talking about like the just gritty, heroic moments in their life, right? Jesus says to his disciples, in the same way, anyone who does not renounce all of his possessions cannot be my disciple. And you just think to yourself, hmm, that's a really hard thing. Okay? So St. Gabriel like came alive and just renounced his former way of life and entered the monastery. We all can't do that. Right, mm-hmm. we can't all sell our belongings and like live on the streets in poverty with our family and kids. Like that's not like what this is saying, right? Like we all have a unique call to follow Christ and to come alive in Him and serve the world. Jesus is saying, if we can't renounce though our possessions, be detached from them, we really can't follow Jesus in freedom. That's a hard thing. Like I'm wrestling with that right now, and it's just like flowing through my mind and heart, and I'm thinking, okay. What have I not detached from that's keeping me from doing the hard things and following, right, mm-hmm. Christ? From being just the 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 tough, gritty, godly person God's calling me to be. Yeah, well, I know for me, because I think about that often. For me, it it m- my life has a tendency to get complex because of the nature of it. When you have, for example, many children. There's many things to worry about. You have a few. Um, when you have many responsibilities, there's many things to worry about. Mm-hmm. For me, the complexity can easily become a hindrance to prayer, a hindrance to energy, mm-hmm. uh, a hindrance to spending quality time with my kids. So not just like sitting on the couch and visiting, but actually playing with them, You know, especially the little kids. The complexities of my life 
I need to learn how to manage better and simplify so that I can give myself more to those moments where I'm asked. Right. Because I'll tend, if my life is too complex or if, or if I'm experiencing complexity, I'll go to pray and all I'm thinking about are like different things to strategize or figure out or, and I try to bring them to the Lord and I try to bring it into prayer. But I, I know for me and probably for a lot of folks in today's world, um, I struggle with how to renounce the complexities. Yeah, it's like hard. Unless, unless I renounce this, I can't follow him more closely, and I don't know how to... Yeah, I sort of ask myself this question, <clears throat> you know, is, you know, Lord, if I was without this or had to sell this or get rid of it, could I still love you? Mm-hmm. You know, get rid of my house or my truck or whatever. He's not asking me to, but if I did, could I, would I be fine without it? And if I, if I say, well, no, I mean, my identity or... I can't live without this. That's a tough question for me to answer, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't live without it? You know, like, oh, you know? Yeah. And then I got to ask myself other questions. Like, well, there's there's a lot of comforts that I like, you know? Uh, I like doing comfortable things sometimes. Am I willing to, like, renounce those things, detach from those comforts? And if I'm like, no, I can't, then, I like, I got to answer that question. But if I can say, yeah, Lord, I could... I can live without any of those things. Then like, you know, like it's, it's about the heart, right. Mm -hmm. And detaching from those things. And it, it's not always about having to give it up. It's just about knowing that my heart is attached to God alone. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, at the end of the day, like you would say, like what, what makes a saint a saint and someone not a saint is like a saint eventually detached from everything and attached themselves totally to God. Yeah. It's a process. Right. But the evidence of that, and sometimes, you know, it is a process. It's, there's, a, there's a balance there with being patient with ourselves, that holiness takes a lifetime, for sure. There's also the reality that, like, St. Gabriel Pacenti lived to the age of 24 and had few very precious years mm. to love God with all he had. There's some that are even younger, St. Like Maria Goretti or... Carlos... Acutis, that we've been talking about. So there's something that even if I had 700 years, if I'm not getting, I'm not going to get it 700 years from now. And mm-hmm. there's something you can get even if you're just a child. And this is what the saints get, right? So if, I can't let myself off the hook to say this is just a process, but at the same time it is. Like I have to be patient. None of us should beat ourselves up by our weaknesses. or no. But we should be constantly asking, what am I not getting? What am I not getting that the saints get? What right. am I not seeing that they see? And I know f- for one of those evidences, we can look at what, how they spent their free time, how they spent their life. Their prayer was profound. Not always comfortable, not always pleasant, but it was consistent. Um, it was profound. They had a relationship with Jesus in prayer. That That's usually a good starting point for most of us. I know I've been wrestling with that for years, yeah. <laughs> like to get that right. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, you know, here, here's the thing that I'm trying to learn more and more is that there's grace in any moment that we need. There's grace in the grind. There's grace in the areas of our life where we feel like we can't do hard things or detach. And if we ask God for the specific grace to face certain things or deal with certain things or institute certain practices and disciplines and virtues if we really ask for the grace god will give us the grace to do that yeah. i really be- i really do believe that and i think that 
when we lean into specifically asking for those grace, you know, our nature and grace work together for God to really move, you know? So if you need the grace to wake up in the morning to pray, ask for the grace and then do the hard thing. If you need the grace to face certain situations or face yourself or go to counseling or work on your marriage or be a better parent or work harder at work or, you know, whatever it is Mm -hmm. uh, to detach from certain things, ask for specific grace. And as we've talked maybe recently in the show is ask a specific saint to attach with you in that prayer. Mm -hmm. So maybe, you know, if there's a saint that you like really, um, you know, relate to or, or you can research one, it's pretty easy. It's like, ask that saint, to pray specifically for you for that grace, right? And work on it together so you're not alone, you know? Yeah. Sounds crazy, but... Well, I think you're touching on... I'm not trying to canonize you right now, but I think you're touching on what the saints understood that's so hard for us to understand, is that it really is all about grace. It really is totally. all about God's power, His will, His love for us. Like, that. that is what we build our life around. And I know for me, at least, and for... You know, if a lot of times God doesn't give us the grace to be more disciplined because if he did, we would we would throw a party in our mind for ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> like he, if, <laughs> Yes. So he lets us fail. A hundred percent. Because it's more dangerous to succeed at the moment. Because we don't quite understand that the story of of my victories is God's victories. Like you just brought up patron saints. That's such a humbling thing to say you know what, I can't do this on my own, and I would love for my victory to be the story of all these saints that I'm praying to, of, of God's victory. Like, I, I don't want it to be just my victory. Um, and sometimes God keeps us failing for a while because it's spiritually dangerous to succeed. Right. Um, but yeah. once we get the lesson and re- realize it's all on God's grace, then the success or failure actually doesn't matter because either God gave me the grace to wake up or he didn't. Either God, get, you see what I'm saying? Right. But if I just abandon myself to him completely, and again, I'm not trying to canonize you in your insight, but I think that is, no, that is I the think heart I'm, of it. I'm learning like <clears throat> how weak I am and how much I need grace and how much I need a community, not only of like people here, but like saints, like to help mm-hmm. me along because like I'm a, I'm a huge <laughs> failure, right? Without that. Yeah. Like, and so like, I think as I get older, I'm more comfortable just understanding that any type of victory or perfection or facing the hard things is very little to do with me mm-hmm. and much more to do with grace, God, all the time. And that's where, you know, our grit and grace collide. It's like, okay, God, like you take this. And just recently, like this week, I was facing a really hard thing for a couple of days. <clears throat> with a decision and like something that happened and a misunderstanding. And in my mind, like if I can be transparent, I was thinking of all these horrible things that I should do to get back at the situation or Mm -hmm. the person or people behind it. Like my mind was racing in even justifying, like I can be very just in this, Mm -hmm. right? And just having to sit back and pray through it, let God kind of like sift through my mind, asking the saints to take, and like work out the situation so that when I could or did or should respond, it would be with great grace that God would be leading. So we constantly are facing those things, you know, and 
just know what life is like without grace. It's horrible for me. Well, for all of us, It's a train wreck. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Paying too much for health care and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of health care. Join the nation's leading health care sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable health care. Call now to see how much you can save at 844 387 8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare, 844-387-8533. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. You did find it. I did. It was so funny. You were like looking for the song and you were searching IEI. <laughs> I don't know the name of the song. And, I, and you were like, what's the name of the song? I was like, 21st of September is the name of the song. It sure is. Earth, Wind, and Fire. I didn't realize that. Dude, they were just slamming, rocking back in the day. They were. They had horns and they danced. And I mean, yeah. Don't you feel like I you're at like. I don't know what they're saying. A wedding reception? Yes. That, like a fun one? It puts you in a good mood, like, for sure. Yeah, like the wedding feast at Cana. If these guys were alive <laughs> back then, they would have been playing at that reception. I think, you know, that's probably why they ran out of wine, because they were. Somebody, you know, the earth, wind, and fire at the time must have been jamming. So <laughs> at the time. They were just guzzling. Yeah. I don't know if back then they were just earth, wind, and fire came later. I don't know. <laughs> you know? That's a great name. I don't know how they came up with it. And I don't even know if they're all still alive yet. Or, uh, I have no idea. It's it a good thing to look into. It's kind of a 70s band. Yeah. You know? They were rocking it. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, welcome back to the show. That's put me in a good mood. You know, it's been a crazy show, actually. Crazy. Uh, I don't know if we've been on course or off course, but I mean, we've been like right down I like we, a... I think a, we've been of course. Of a theme. Of course. That's going on. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Of course. Of course. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, with the readings of Sunday too, like if you read the, the second reading, St. Paul is speaking from prison. Okay. That's tough. Okay. So like, like listen to that reading this Sunday, like, and like imagine this great saint given this exhortation or writing from prison. And thinking, like, what's going on in his mind and heart as a follower of Christ as he's writing from prison? And he just he says, I, Paul, and an old man, and now also a prisoner for Christ Jesus. Like, there's such grace in, like, his writing. Like, think about that. Like, he's in prison. He knows sort of his destiny, which is martyrdom. And yet he's, he's content with such grace in the moment to be behind bars to give an exhortation of beauty to the world, right? That I kind of have to think about that. Like, could I have grace in that moment, in that hard thing? And, you know, Paul was a work in progress. We see that. But this is like, 
so as you're reading this reading this Sunday and you're thinking about it, just like don't let it like pass through. Like think here's here's a a, a human a man who's you know as we were talking about grace is receiving the grace to write this in prison and yet to write it with grace not with anger or vengeance but to write it with grace knowing his destiny was death yeah it's wild one reminds me of we were talking about earlier how christ is that man that gritty man that you just kind of get absorbed into into what he's doing and like you become like him and Paul, who literally told people to follow him because he follows Christ, I mean, Paul becomes another Christ, and he becomes a man that absorbs other men into his into his uh, grittiness, into his realness, into his humility. And it's amazing what happens, like in prison. You know, he thinks he thinks about other people. He thinks about the churches he's established. He thinks about what they're going through, and he's like, "I have some time." I think I'll write some stuff down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's not a pity party. Right. He's he's still following the Lord who who led him to prison. And then in that moment follows the Lord into using that time of prison uh to bless the church and bless the world. And there's this is the victory of Christianity is that there's never a moment that can't be used for things like that. There's never a moment that's not salvific. There's never a moment that we put our Christianity or our discipleship on pause. Every single moment can bless the world and bless the church Amen. if we're following the Lord in those moments. Yeah, and I think it's a great way to kind of wrap it all up, and I kind of saved that that little scripture for the end is because I think the, the real piece that we have or, or ex, you know, the, the exhortation from Paul like that we can grab onto is like no matter what you're going through right now or facing, whatever hard thing or whatever God has in front of you, there's grace in the moment. There really is. And if Paul in prison can have that grace, well, we have access to that same grace, grace being the presence of God. Like in, in any situation, in any moment, if we ask God for the grace and lean into him, asking him to lead us through the moment, through every little hard thing, and that could be washing dishes to like facing big decisions to, you know, being uh, on the side of someone who's suffering or suffering ourselves, whatever, like it can, there's grace in the moment. And so the image of Paul writing this only proves even more that there's grace available to us during the hard times and doing the hard thing. Paul became a very gritty man by doing those hard things, but yet never boasting of his own. Like he constantly was like, I boast of my weakness mm -hmm. because God is strong and I am not. Yeah, and there it is. I mean, that's the, that's the saintly insight that's easy to teach, but to live, you know, like to actually... Yeah, it's practiced. I mean, all those things are, mm -hmm. it's practiced over time. Yeah. Like how many of us have our weaknesses on the tip of our tongue? Like ready to talk about them, to boast about them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I have more failures than successes. And yeah, we the know they're there, but we usually keep I them in a, in a back uh, filing cabinet in the back of our mind, mm -hmm. not on the tip of our tongue, ready to talk about them at a moment's notice. Yeah. Which, no, no. I mean, look, it, the Christians aren't called to beat themselves up. I'm not talking about that. And it's Paul, not a false Paul humility. Paul didn't do that. It's no. Not, yeah. But to give glory to God because of how weak I am and how great God is, yeah. uh, that gives God greater glory when he does great things through very weak people. And so my weakness only gives him greater glory. And that's what Paul realized. And so to be able to admit my weakness, to be able to own it, to be able to uh, talk about how great God is in spite of it. I mean, this, this is something all the saints are ready to talk about. And, uh, 
it's it's challenge because most of us want to not talk about those things. Most of us want everybody to think that we're really great people, you know? Amen to that. Dude, great show. Man, thanks everyone for being a part of the show, for listening. Feel free to share the show on the podcast, uh, Spotify, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, wherever. Uh, all, all September long. All September. We're going to be partying with <laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, and uh, thanks to KLFT Radio for all our sponsors and for everyone in Katiana for listening. Uh, we'll be back next time. Have a great week. God bless.